words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Hallelujah. So this morning, we have a word called passed from death to life. Passed from death to life. Life is coming. And that's how the Instagram post goes. Life is coming. Life is coming. Say that to someone. We're not here to be destroyed. We're here to be saved. God works in mysteries. And even when there's death all around, God produces life out of death. In the beginning, the man God created was perfect. But the fall of Adam happened. And once Adam and Eve fell, death came to the whole race of humans. Now death is a common thing among all men. But this was not the original plan. In the original plan, we all were birthed with life. So death was an imputation of the fall. And God has always had his eyes bent towards humanity to bring back life. So the Bible says, God who calls those things that be not. God, God who calls light out of darkness and speaks those things that be not as though they were. So let's stand up together and let's read the Bible from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's honor the word. Let's give the word some priority together. If you can put it up on the screen, on the screen, 30, 15. Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 19. Let's read this together. See. Let's do, let, let, let's do better. One, two, go. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But, verse 17, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away to unworship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish you shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. Verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Therefore, choose life. Like... I put before you life and death, but you choose life. I want, more like he's saying, I want you to choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Let's read again, Genesis 2, 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Uh, if you check your emails, I've already sent you all the scriptures. You already have the scriptures. 
you already have all of them in your email. So if you download it, you will be ahead of everyone. So can I tell you guys something? When Adam and Eve ate that fruit, did they really die? In the natural. The natural, they were still walking around eating eba rice, whatever they were eating at that time. They were still having this sense that they were alive. But look at the scripture clearly says, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Father, we pray for your word. And we ask that your word will have full reign in our lives. We ask that your word will really, really fill our spirits this morning. And cause us to think different. And cause us to journey different. And cause us to be different. Father, we come to you that you will change the fabric of our lives today. That's why we're here. Change our way of thinking. That it will be like your own way of thinking. We bless you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I have a very short message this morning. It says, past from death to life. Repeat it again. Past from death to life. What is death? Number one thing death is, is to be caught off from God or to grow apart from God. If God says, in the day you eat this food, you shall die, and they, don't, and they didn't really physically die, what kind of death did they have? They had elements walking in them that were not God's element to grow apart from God. So that's the first definition of death. Death definition number two. Death is to have knowledge without rhythm from God. Something you should write down. Death is to have knowledge without rhythm from God. Every knowledge you have should flow out of the vibration that comes out of the life of God because God is life. We're not talking about spookiness. We're not talking about the people who always go around saying, the Lord told me, the Lord told me. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying that even in the ordinariness of science, atmosphere, earth, the water bodies, the universe, every knowledge that you have that doesn't flow with rhythm from God actually produces death. Number three definition to help someone. Taking knowledge from man's eyes is death. Taking things from human perspective. Like, what are your views about abortion? Like, what are your views about sexual orientation, gay, lesbian, LGBTQ? What are your views? What are your views about the poor? What are your views about justice? What are your views about right and wrong? If all of these views do not align with the Holy Spirit, you're already existing in death. Death already started to work inside your heart. So if you're around me this week, I'll preach this message to you somehow. You know, those of you who are praying this morning, I preach part of the message. 
uh, Victor and I were having coffee. I preached part of this message to him. Ogie and I were going on a journey. I preached this message to him. Like it was just, like since Tuesday, this message has been just all over me. <laughs> when we are more interested in impressing society and looking at things from man's view than being open to the light that flows from heaven, we begin to die. From the day that Adam fell, he died. Every man was born into that death of Adam. In fact, for physical death, from the day you are born, you are, you are oldest when you are born. You understand? You're most powerful when you're a baby. The countdown begins the day you are born for physical death. So, there's this, there's, there's this old supper called Days of Our Lives. And here's what they used to say. Like sands in the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. They had a baritone voice and they put an hourglass there. And it's like the sand starts dropping. You're, you're oldest when you're youngest. So that's the when you have the most life as a baby. And it's like the countdown begins from there. Bible clearly says the days of our lives are three score. If by reason of strength you get to be 70, 80, God has been good to you. That's the days of our lives. Very short. I was a baby yesterday. I tell you, I can clearly remember when I was a baby. I tell these stories and people think like, Pastor Mo, that's a long time ago. To me, I can still see it in my mind's eye. I used to wear only pants. And I used to carry black tire. You know, you know, abandoned car tire. And run through the village watery sandways. You know those village where there is uh, grass in the center, one tire track here, another tire track. And when it rains, water is flowing on both tracks. And I used to just rejoice to drive my tire. <laughs> just like yesterday. You like, and then people are saying, Oh, you're 50 and you're 51st birthday is coming soon. I'm like, Oh, honestly, I don't feel any different. I feel like driving the tire again. <laughs> like sands in the hourglass. So are the days of our lives. When I see my 17 year old girl, I'm just looking at her like, Who born you? <laughs> Certainly not me. <laughs> I'm sure Miss Daisy one knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've grown up children. <sighs> the countdown already started when we were born. So for earth, our days are super, super few. Death entered the garden because death is the opposite of life until executed. Death is the opposite of life until what? Executed. But once death has been executed, all of a sudden death becomes a force that is working against life in you. In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. The Bible says, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, who you can also call the tree of death. There was the tree of life and the tree of death in the garden. God gave man the opportunity to eat any of the trees 
Because otherwise, man will not be truly a free moral agent. So God permitted man to do like literally anything. But man had to choose life. Just like the scripture we read in Joshua. I have placed before you today life and death. We thought that was only in the Garden of Eden. No, it's actually the trees are actually in your house right now. As you're going home, the trees are always, always before you. And some of us are blaming Adam and Eve. Stop blaming them. You are still eating the tree. The Bible says, life, on the other hand, is with the person who begins to connect with God. As you begin to connect with God, you are beginning to eat the tree of life. As you begin to open yourself up to God, you are beginning to eat the tree of life. And there is some quality of those who eat the tree of life. Mark, sorry, Psalm chapter 37, verse 37. It says, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Psalm 37, verse 37 says again, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. As you begin to walk with God and as you begin to choose God's way, the end is peace. I've seen so much trouble in life, even being a believer. And being a believer does not guarantee that you will not have challenges. But God rounds up your end. The end of that man. Say, Mark, just take a look at someone who is doing the right things. The end of that man is always, always peace. Hallelujah. So let me give you some qualities of life. Those who eat from the tree of life get some particular qualities. Number one, they get, those who eat of life become sons. John chapter 1 verse 13. These children of God were born, these children of God were not born of flesh and blood or of man's desires, but they were what? Born of God. Once you begin to eat the tree of life, the birthing of God begins to happen to you. The birthing of God begins to happen. I thought you like, I, I think I've been born again. No, it's an ongoing, continuous process. It's, an, it's a re renewal process, a regenerative process. And those who begin to eat the tree of life become born of God. As the more you eat, the more you're born. The more you eat, the more you're born. As you eat of God, you're born of God. As you eat his mindset, you're born of him. As you become like him, as you connect, to, as you join in prayer, you're born of him. Number two, those who eat of life become healers. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him. When you eat of the tree of life, part of the resonance in your spirit is a healing anointing. It's a grace. An ability to touch people with the unction of God. 
So it seems like, imagine that you connect to God. And as you connect to God, you become one with Him. And as you're one with Him, everything inside His heart, which He wants to do to people, you want to do as well. You have that grace, that unction sits on the inside of you. And when you see broken people, what do you want to do? You just want to heal them. You just want to touch people. You just want to bless people. You just want to carry the life of God into the place where people are. Why? Because you are carrying God. You are carrying His unction. You are carrying His anointing. Amen. Lay your hands on yourself and pray and say, God, I want to be anointed like Jesus. Give me that life. Give me that power to heal. Anoint me, Lord, I pray. As I go along my way, let my life send forth a glow. I carry life. I carry the unction of the Holy Spirit. I carry holy power. I carry the grace of God. the glow let the oil around me flow anoint me Lord I pray anoint me Lord I pray anoint me Lord I pray amen Those who have life carry a deposit of the oil of the Spirit of God. They carry something. This is not about screaming or shouting. There is a quiet river that flows on the inside of them. Those who eat the life of God carry this unction. They carry this power. They carry this authority. They carry this audacity of God. They carry this venturing grace in God. Where the oil of the Spirit flows about their life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Say, I am anointed. Say, I have life. I can hear you this morning. Say, I have life. Say, I am anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. God Feel the inside of him. The next thing that people who have life do, they live above harm. They are covered for their assignment. I've seen people during this coronavirus, they were so sick. They put oxygen masks on their, on their back. They stayed in hospital. They stayed in ventilator. In fact, they passed out. They were resuscitated. They came back again to life. They stayed oh, one month. 
But guess what happened? He came back to life. They are like, how did it happen like this? And somebody else will be sick for two days. Phew, they are gone. So, it's not coronavirus that kills them. It's death. It's death that kills. So the virus is a vehicle. Do you guys understand? Those who are anointed live above harm. They are covered until their assignment is done. The next thing about life is that you live covered for your assignment. Every one of us has an assignment in God. Time will fill me to tell, time will fill me to tell you of the story of a man, a good man, who was a man of God. Attended one of these Orthodox churches like Assemblies of God, Pentecostal churches like Assemblies of God, right? You know, Assemblies of God, very disciplined church. They used to punish people. <laughs> so, the man became a politician. As he became a politician, you know how politicians are. Sometimes you married the wife before you became a politician. Then when you became a politician, your, your new, your old wife is not good enough to appear before people. So the man had an affair and brought another woman and the church learned about it and called him and, and had a conversation with him. You must end this thing. And first of all, before you even end it, you are suspended. In Assemblies of God, suspension means that they give you a back row chair. And you know, they used to come out to give offering. So you'll be the last to come out. When everybody else has come out, you come out, the sinner's club. <laughs> and then the ladies will start, the women will start crying. <laughs> it's the brother who has fallen from the faith. <laughs> and actually, it was quite genuine in their own hearts to hope that from this process they can restore you. And the guy got angry because he was actually so well to do. He was the one who built the church building. He got so angry and left the church. And guess what happened? The devil beat him black and blue. He went into women, ten wives, all that stuff. Fell. Fell off the radar. When the guy woke up 20 years later, all type of pandemonium, children everywhere, wives everywhere. And then God told him, are you ready to do your assignment? The man gave his life to Christ recently. This man I'm talking about gave his Christ, life to Christ in 2020. It's a real man, a real story. If I call his name, all of you guys will know. Right? 2020 gave his life to Christ. Can you imagine? Now he has to start repairing. So now that he's giving his life to Christ and he has seven wives, where, what's going to happen to all the women? Do you guys understand how some problem we used to, we used to create by ourselves? <laughs> but God gave him life again, an opportunity for him to redeem his assignment. I was talking about enough life for you to do what God wants you to do. A good life is not necessarily 80 or 90. 
A good life is whether you've finished your assignment on earth. God will protect you until your job on earth is done. Do you know when we look at the life of the apostles, they didn't, many of them didn't live long. Jesus himself lived only 33 and a half. But up till today, we're still talking about a 33 and a half year old man. Why? Because he finished his assignment. God will give you enough life to do your assignment. Some of you think you're old, but God is saying, no, you're not old, you are young. When Caleb was 80, God said to him, Caleb will begin now. Caleb said, as my strength was when I was 40 years old, so is my strength now. Now therefore, give me this mountain. He went to fight a new war, an 80-year-old man. And if that's the age, the day you wake up is your morning. But I want to ask you, don't wait until you're very old. Start now. Start now. Tell someone, start now. Start now. Start now to do the will of God. Start now to do the mind of God. Start now to bring the authority and the truth of God to pass in your life. God will protect you until all your assignment is done. God will keep you from harm. God will put everyone who has life is kept from harm. The life of God bubbles on the inside of you. There is fear on the left and fear on the right, but it should not come near you. You have enough to do your assignment. And Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you power to thread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. But you have to read Luke chapter 10 verse 1 verse first. It says I'm sending you out into the world. It was in the context of assignment that this power comes. If you have an assignment from God you have enough enough grace to do what God has called you to do. Those who have life have prosperity. This is the one I shared this morning. Those who have life have what? Prosperity. They are always good. They are always rolling. They are always full. They are always abundantly. And I don't mean that they always have money in their bank account, but they have the, the blessing. Say the blessing. Oh, you guys are not hearing me this morning. Say they have the blessing. The blessing is more than just money in the bank. It is what people will look at you and say, ah, I think I choose this person over the other person. You carry what? The blessing. Both of you will go and make a deal and they will choose you. Why? Because you have the blessing. Part of abiding in God is not designed to make us dry. God did not call us to himself so that we can be broken, injured, angry, and frustrated. No! God called us to give us life. And part of life is what? Prosperity. Say prosperity. I know this is not my main message as a church. This is not our main message. Our main message is assignment. But guess what? Don't kid yourself. Without prosperity, there will be no assignment. Assignment will be frustration without prosperity. I just want you guys to prosper. Paul said, and be in health as your soul prospers. Prosperity. 
God will bring you to pools. Say amen. God will refresh you. Say amen. God will settle your home. Say amen. God will give you enough to share. Say amen. God will make you a blessing to your community. Say amen. God will bring abundance to you. Say amen. All those who did not say amen, may their blessing come to me. <laughs> you guys didn't see that coming. There is abundance coming. We've heard that there is wealth transfer coming. That the wealth of the wicked will be heaped up for the righteous. It's true. We've heard that new economies are emerging. It's true. It's, we've heard that new empires are being built right now. It's true. We've heard that new things are being done in righteousness. This also is true. When the wicked are cheating people, when the broken people are cheating people, God is waiting for them. Waiting for them. How many of you have seen the wealthy gather money and then in the end, someone else just takes over and never enjoy? I've seen some people, it's frustration. The Bible says in the book of Solomon, it's the chasing of the wind. When you wake up early, chase after money and you don't even sit down to enjoy it once. How many of you know people like that? Always wearing boxer shorts, always acting poor. Men where they're billionaires. They never live in a good house. They never drive any car. I'm not talking about extreme uh, showmanship, which our brothers know. Some of our brothers know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, prosperity belongs to you. Prosperity belongs to you. <laughs> Many of you do not, some of you are waiting for me to say something else to cancel what I've just said. No. Prosperity belongs to you. Lift up your hands and say, I will prosper. The glory of God will be in my life. The hand of God will be upon me. He will teach me how to increase wealth. He will teach me how to multiply resources. I will prosper. Shout it out. I will prosper. I will prosper in the new economy. I will get new ideas. I will create new things. Doors will be open to me. Intelligence will fill my life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But you prosper as a path of life. The Bible speaks in the Garden of Eden. Says there were two trees. Now there were two, four river heads. One of the river was Pishon. And this river cascaded through the land of Havila, where there was a lot of gold. And it says the gold of that land is very good. The gold of that land is very good. God will cause a river to pass through your life. And that river will bring about emerging gold. And the gold of your land will be amazing. Say amen. Genesis chapter 27, verse 27. And he came near and kissed him and smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. See, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. 
God called Abraham and gave him a blessing. Abraham passed this blessing at the time of death to his who? His son Isaac. Now Isaac is now full of age. Isaac called his son Esau and said to Esau, Bring me a ram. Bring me meat. Bring me meat that I may bless you. But we know the story. How well Esau was gone. Rachel connived with Jacob and Jacob blessed. Jacob wore Esau's garments because at this time, Jacob could not, uh, Isaac could not see anymore and deceived him. But Isaac said, this voice sounds like my son Jacob, but this smell, and he touched his hand because Esau was very furry, had like, had like beard on his hand. Can you imagine what Esau's beard must have been like? He's in the beard gang club. Sorry, you need your imagination when you read the word of God. But it had a smell, the smell of the field. How many of you know the smell of rain? Anyone here know the smell of rain? You know the smell of rain? I know the smell of rain because I grew up in the village. You know, when it's about to rain, eh, you can, elders will come out in the morning and just go, said it's going to rain today. There's a smell of rain. There's a smell of water in the ground. It's a smell of prosperous ground. You know some people, when they want to test the ground to see whether it can, things can grow, all they need to do is just put your hand, real old agricultural people, they can put their hand in the soil and bring it out and say, wow, this soil is what? Blessed. That's actually what Isaac was saying. The smell of my son is the smell of one who carry the blessing. The smell of my son is like the smell of one who carry the blessing. I don't know how many people are blessed here, but know you guys, I'm blessed, right? I'm so blessed. Whatever I wear, people will just come and say, oh, you're looking so good. I'm like, eh, am I looking good? You know how much my trousers cost? No, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. Some of you are not getting this message this morning. The smell of my daughter is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. The smell of my son, whoa! It's like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. That there is something on the inside of you that causes men to favor you. That there's something on the inside of you that causes people to pay you attention. That the spirit of excellence live on the inside of you and causes people to look at you and choose you and choose you and choose you. Why? Because you have life. Life is manifested in prosperity. Life is manifested in favor. Life is manifested in the atmosphere around you, being the atmosphere of the glory of God. And you are magnetic. You are magnetic. There is something about your personality that makes you just want to come around you and gather around you and gather to you because you have something. You carry something of God. You carry the DNA of the Spirit of God. You carry the life of God. You Think about things from God's mindset. You see visions from God's own best eye view. And guess what happens to you? You carry the blessing. Say, I have it. I have it. I can hear you this morning. Say, I have it. I have it. I have it. I have it. I have the blessing. I have the blessing. The blessing is mine. 
the blessing is mine. And I speak to someone who the devil has been lying to you. He has said that that's how you're going to be broken and toiling and laboring and having nothing. That's a lie. That's a lie. Shout it out. That's a lie. The devil has been telling you you're going to walk and walk and nothing will come out of it. That is a lie. You have the blessing. You have the favor. You have what will make men look at you and say you're the one they chose. You have it. Lift up your hands and say, I have it. You have the blessing of God. You have the counsel of God. You have the grace of God. You can make a business turn around. You can touch something that is dead and you come back to life. You have that what it takes to make relationships work. You have what it takes to make a marriage work. Everything you touch will turn around to be blessed. Why? Because you're passed from death to life. And the movement from death to life is blessing. His blessing, His grace, His capacity, His enablement is the voice of God boiling over in your spirit. Let's not throw away the baby with the bath water. All the men who say this only because they want to take an offering. All the women who say this to you, you have the blessing because they think, oh, they want to manipulate you. I, this is not about taking an offering. This is the truth of who God says you. God says, when I smell you, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. Do you know God has given you so many ideas and it feels like from the things he's given to you, life will bubble out of you. If you believe this, say amen. There's something coming. There's something coming. There's rain coming. In the middle of distress, don't listen to the news. Listen to the news from heaven. There's another news coming. In the middle of all this death, in the middle of all this broken, brokenness, God is looking for a people. A people who are going to stand and say, God, it is time for your glory to be manifest in me. It is time for your healing power to be available in me. It is time for prosperity to flow through my borders. It is time. I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. Blessed in the morning, blessed in the evening, blessed in the noontime too. I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed because I have the blessing. I eat from life. I eat the tree of life. And the tree of life causes prosperity. It causes healing. The Bible says the leaves of that tree were for the healing of the nations. The tree of life, everywhere the waters of it goes, everything turns alive. Every dead thing in front of you will come alive today. In the name of Jesus. No more laboring and toiling. No more walking and getting nothing back. God calls you prosperous. Prosperous. Anything you touch will be blessed. Your naira will go far. Your dollar will go the extra mile. All that you have, blessed by God. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah.
One of the scriptures God has been giving to us is the book of 2 Corinthians. Please read the entire book. I encourage the whole house this week before Sunday, finish reading 2 Corinthians. It's just about 13 chapters. It just takes you an hour. Read it over and over. Read it. Read it first. Just read it from beginning to end. How many of you still read every day with Jesus? It's too little. Increase your appetite. Oh, open heavens. Like, there's nothing wrong with open heavens. But it's for children. So children, go higher. Read the, read the book of the Bible. Ask questions. What does this book say? What is this book for? Ask that kind of question. Take your quest higher. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 to 10. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That God wants to make every grace available to you so that not anything you want to do, you have what? Sufficiency to do what you want to do. How many of you know that we want to do many things as a church we couldn't do? We did open air worship. Only three people gave an offering to open air worship because we're not pushing for cash in the church. Three people. And these three people were the three organizers. They are the ones who gave an offering. Do you understand? How many of us will hear the church is doing something and without even, we don't need to come and ask you, just know that I have to be part of this thing the church is doing. How many of you will hear that want to do outreach and you want to be a part of it? God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you are able to have sufficient. I know that some of you really want to do it, but there is nothing available. Do you understand? There's nothing so God is not only interested in making you to do it, He's also interested in making you to have so that you can give. Not that you're, we're making you to give when you don't have. No. God doesn't want to borrow from you. No. No, no. God will give you so that you can have to give. How, how many of you like that? But that's not what we're taught. That's exactly what the scripture is saying. God is able to make sufficiency abound to you. So the thing is, whatever God has given you, as little as it is, there are some people here who give tight of 500 naira. I see it. Consistently, 1,000 naira. Consistently, I see it. And it blesses my spirit. Because what they, when they are giving 1,000 now, what will happen when they have 10 or 100? It won't be difficult because they already made that pledge with God to give whatever it is they have. God wants to give you so that you have abundance. Tim Keller wrote a book called Every Good Endeavor. There are many endeavors of men, but may your good endeavors succeed because you have the resources to birth that dream on the inside of you in Jesus' name. So let's read on. As it is written, he has scattered abroad and has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever. Pastor Fred read this on Friday night while we were praying. He says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God wants to give you seed. 
God wants to give you bread. You know, I kept thinking about bread, bread era, bread era, bread era. I mean, if you know what bread era is, that's Pastor Fred's bread company. He gives bread to the eater. How many of you have not eaten Pastor Fred's bread in this church? What are you waiting for? Order your bread era today. <laughs> that's part of the sermon. <laughs> Bread to the eater is right here. Bread to the eater. In practical form, Pastor Fred gives bread for every outreach we do. Put your hands together for this company. We go to the hospital, there's bread. We go to the streets, there's bread. He gives bread to the eater. God gives bread to the eater. You know, it's amazing. I won't tell you a secret. Okay. Let me just leave it. Pastor Fred doesn't like people revealing his secrets. Let's leave it here today. I've told enough. So guess what? God delights in prosperity. God wants to give you so that you will have to give. God doesn't want to come and take from the little that you have. No. God is not like that. He wants to give you so that you will have to give. And he starts teaching you from when you have little. That little you have. Be faithful with it. Be faithful. Don't say my tithe is only 500. It's too little to enter the account. No, send it. You know the passcode will still take, short code will still take 500 here and put it. And let's watch God. If it converts that your 500 naira tight, it becomes $500 tight. I hope it will not purge you. You understand? Because if you're giving 500 naira, it's because you have 5,000 naira. But imagine if you have $5,000, then $500 becomes small in your eyes because it's the same. Do you guys understand? God wants to bless you. Say amen. The smell of my son. Say that to someone. The smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. One more time. The smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. Hallelujah! God wants to bring you into prosperity. God wants to bring you into abundance as we raise to round up. Death and life are trees. But it's beyond physical death as we already know. This is death and life in the mind. The warfare for death and life is fought where? In the mind. So any mind aligned to God's own rhythm is alive. Any mind aligned to the devil's own rhythm is dead. Any mind aligned to God's own thinking is alive. Any mind aligned to what the world is thinking is dead. So some of you who used to say you are free thinkers. There are no free thinkers. There's none. No one is free. There's no demilitarized zone on the earth. No one is free. All our thinking starts from somewhere. Who put that thought there? Is it God? If it's not God, then that's a thought of death. The Bible says, 
casting down imaginations and every high thing. That's 2 Corinthians chapter, again, verse chapter 10, verse 5. That's why you must read 2 Corinthians. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, I've jumped all over my points now. The first point is death and life are trees. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. The fruit of righteous, of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that wins soul is wise. When you have life, part of your quality is that you have the ability to produce righteous trees. That righteousness will make you to win souls. Death and life are trees. The more we live in our own idea of what we want, the more we taste death. The more we live in God's own imagination and submit to the Holy Spirit, the more we find life. So therefore, so therefore it's not, so therefore it's not English. So death is our thinking and life is God's thinking. Repeat after me. Death is my thinking and life is God's thinking. One more time. Death is my thinking and life is God's own thinking. You know why this is the case? Remember, Lucifer, Lucifer did not take over heaven yet. He thought in his mind, I will ascend to the hill of God. That thought, there was no space for that thinking in heaven. It was the thinking that got him cast out of heaven. Can you imagine the power of thought? The devil has not executed the coup yet. Some of you think, oh, like because we read there was war in heaven. No, the war was the war of disagreement. It wasn't like the devil rose up and took a AK-47 and said, God, I'm going to shoot you today. That kind of level of disobedience is not allowed in heaven. The thought... Do you know there are thoughts you have right now? The devil will be crying. Do you know there are thoughts? If you lock your heart to the thoughts of God, the devil will be weeping. If a man on earth just joins his thought with the thoughts of God, the devil will start shouting. You know why? Those thoughts, the devil cannot endure those thoughts. Do you guys understand? The devil, these thoughts are de declared illegal in the realm of the heavens. There are some high level thinking. And this comes with aligning with the heart of God. What does God want to do in Nigeria? In the middle of the chaos, what does God want to do? It will take a daring man to do what God wants to do. But you cannot do it with your own imagination. I told Victor, vengeance is mine. Victor stood up and said, no, no. Vengeance is ours. <laughs> it was, we have to kill some people. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't, he wasn't expecting me to say this. I'm sorry. <laughs> but can I tell you guys something? Vengeance belongs to the Lord. The day you see what God... You know Habakkuk was like that as well. God, I will wait what you will see, what you say to me. God, I will, I will, I'm standing on my rampant. Oh, you caused me to see evil. He was complaining, complaining, complaining. God, one day God opened his eyes to the level of destruction he had in mind planned for the wicked. And then Habakkuk went on his knees and said, God, please, when you're angry, remember mercy. 
The same man who was talking about wickedness was begging God for mercy. When you know the extent to which God can go to wipe out children, to wipe out trees, God will do ethnic cleansing and nobody will talk against him. Do you guys understand this? So death and life is a tree. Get your thinking into God's thinking. As you get your thinking into God's thinking, you align into life. Life is a way of thinking. Life is not just dying. Okay, number two. Death is the war for control. We all trying to be in charge. The devil is trying to get control of the human soul. God is trying to get control of the human soul. Who else is after the human soul? Okay. Sex is after the human soul. Who else is after the human soul? Media is after the human soul. TV stations are trying to get you. Radio stations. A friend, a junior friend of mine became a radio presenter. And every Sunday she presents. And I've been looking forward. Like, I said, like, oh, I taught her the ways of God. I said to her, man, what a perfect opportunity. I sat down and had a two-hour meeting. I said, what a perfect opportunity for you to be the voice of God. I remember some radio presenters who every Sunday morning, they bless people. The first Sunday, her topic. Put my hand on my head. Second top Sunday, her topic. I can't even tell you her topic because some of you don't know the channel. It's not to out her. It's just the fact that they want her to, to injure people, to injure sensuality. The they design is for you to have something that will hurt people, not bless. That's how death comes. Death comes when you're no more giving life. You can't give life because the system is designed to pour out animosity, to pour out negativity. It's designed to, to harm and not heal. The system is designed to, in, to, in, to incite rather than to bless. So if you become a radio presenter, guess the topics they'll be giving you. Topics like, what's really wrong with abortion? Are women's bodies their own or not? So when you're talking about this, you're not talking about this from healing the women who actually have abortion. You're actually talking about it to bait the people who don't believe abortion is a way of life. So you want to just generate controversy so that you can become what? Popular. You're not a healer. If all you're debating is popularity, you're not a healer. We're called to heal. Around the righteous is a tree of life. Say amen. Life is also about speaking up. Waking up and speaking up. But when you speak, speak righteousness. When you speak, speak the voice of God. When you speak, speak the idea of heaven. When you speak, don't speak natural wisdom. Don't speak what Harvard will have you say. I have friends, when they go to Harvard and they come back, something happens to them. There's a very popular one in Nigeria. When he, he, went, he went to Harvard with how elections are won in Africa, he came back from Harvard with how gays and lesbians should be allowed to live freely. I'm like, what did you go there with and what did you come back with? Do you guys understand that some of these liberal centers are designed to poison your mind? You are woke in the natural, but dead to God. 
walk in the natural, but dead to God. How that God wants us to be awake in the spirit, awake to righteousness. Temptation cannot destroy you. When you are awake to righteousness, personal failure cannot touch you. You cannot avert the purpose of God. What God wants you to do will come alive in you. You'll no longer have the devil holding you captive. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. So death and life are in your power of your tongue. You know, when you wake up, right, it doesn't mean that it will be less dangerous. When you start speaking the things you're speaking. Like I wrote a book, right? And some of you know, right? I wrote a book. Yeah. I've been writing this book for seven years. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it a little bit shortly. But in that book, right? What was I trying to say? I've forgotten. Sorry. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Let's go back to the Bible. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So death and life actually in what you say. Okay, yes, that's, I got the point back. You see, it would be dangerous still for you to say your mind. Some of the thoughts in the book are actually peaceful thoughts. They're supposed to bring sanctuary. But for someone who has locked their mind, those things will trigger them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. When you use your tongue, guess what? You can decide to be bringing life or you can be bringing death. If you love life, you eat the fruit of life. Say amen. Let's round up quickly. Have I said that before? <laughs> I'm becoming like Pastor Shin Talk. <laughs> It's coming next week. <laughs> so you guys prepare. <laughs> the scripture we read today, Joshua arrived in the land that God had given to them. And God began to speak over Joshua. God began to advance new ideas of how Joshua was going to lead his people to build a nation. God says, those who choose life, will have abundance. Those who choose life will have to walk in courage to take over the land. Those who choose life will have to still build. Doesn't, choosing life doesn't mean to excuse you from the work you have to do. But you are actually working from death to life. So we are passed from death to life. When we read this story, all we think about is the resurrection of Christ, but actually is actually all in our mind. Life and death is in our mind. Do you guys understand? Life and death is in the mind. Death. So I'm going to, I'm going to st stop here and just use an illustration to explain this. I need two persons to help me. Two persons. Any two persons can come. Thank you. So God puts two trees in the garden. This is life. And this is death. Or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You want to swallow? <laughs> You're not the spirit of death in Jesus' name. Don't worry. You're the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this is a tree of life. Every time you eat this tree of life, guess what happens? You have life in you. 
Every time you form your own ideas, that those ideas lead to that because there's no free anything. Everything that is free is, is orchestrated by the devil. So God says to us, embrace life. And when you embrace life, your life will look like the color of her shirt. Flowery, beautiful, amazing, fresh, interesting, prosperous, healed, turning people around. When you engage in the, in the power... This is a difficult allegory to make, right? You put it in human We have to pray for Pastor Fred very well. <laughs> Guess what will happen? You'll be full of ideas. You'll be full of arguments. You'll be full of those. I mean, met people who are so argumentative. You can't say one thing to them. They're just so full. But they think they are wise. But they can't see. They are blind. They will tell you, Oh, do you think you're really a believer? Oh, so you, you're among them now. You think you're righteous? Let me tell you, there's no righteous, no, not one. Have you heard those arguments? Unbelievers reading the scripture to you, there's no righteous, no, no, no. They don't, they don't read the part where it says, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he was made poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich and abundantly supplied in all things. They, they, they don't read the place where it says, I have the mind of Christ, for we have the mind of... They don't read the place where we read today, like we said, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. The Bible, they don't read the place where the Bible says, the power of life of death is in the tongue. They don't read the place where the Bible says, cast down imagination and every high thing. So guess what we are supposed to do? Cast down that imagination. Pull it down. Pull it down. Go down. Pull it down. <laughs> pull it down. When that comes, then put this forward. Put this forward. Put this forward. Put it forward in life. Put it forward in grace. Put it forward in glory. Push forward that because there's a war. There's a war between life and death. And these are two trees that are still existing today. So the fall of Adam and Eve was because they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They began to have their own ideas outside of God's own idea. They began to think their own thoughts out of God's own thoughts. When you accept what God says, lying who can sink, you're not doing religion. Let me tell you, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Come and join us on this side. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the man who used to exist in his own knowledge before has come to life. Death has been swallowed up by life. Death has been taken over by life. When you stop, stop yourself from your own imagination. When you stop yourself, you pass from death to life. This is what God wants to do. And every day we are fighting. What's your fight at home? Check it. It's this thing. What's your fight in your marriage? Check it. It's this thing. One imagination is going this way. I know what you're trying to do. I can see you from where you're coming from. The wife is fighting the husband. I will never allow you. One day, my wife looked at me and said, oh, Adis, are you watching? Uh, look at me and said, say, we're going to be equal in this house. I'm like, if there's any house that is equal, that is equal I think it's my house. If you hear 
Moses, I stand up and run upstairs. I don't have any special pet name, respectful name, man of God, nothing like that from you. Then she stands, we're going to be equal in this. I'm like, what's going on? She more or less said, if I wash one plate, you wash one plate too. I'm like, but I've been carrying the burdens for how many years without a word? How about that? Does that count? Something entered her. It was a tree of the, of, of the knowledge of good and evil. She started hearing other people saying, it was in Scotland, she started hearing other people saying, it's equal partners. Say hearing that word partner. Please remove that word partner. You're not partners. Your wife and husband under God. You're not partners. You're partners of the promise of God. You're not, you're not partners. Your wife and husband. The name is wife and husband. And spouse. Bride. And bridegroom. Partners is a human word. And we've used it to... I'm not saying this to say that women should be crushed. Don't forget. Nobody is as free as that woman. She can travel wherever she wants. She can come to, she's coming to Lagos next week. You guys will see her. It's her choice. Totally free. Do you guys understand? I am her biggest cheerleader. And I don't know I can do many bad things. But crushing her is not one of them. Do you guys understand? I wish her well. Why? Because she's doing so many things I cannot do. But the day she comes and says, I'll do one, you do one, guess what? It's automatic failure for me. Because God never designed us to do the same things. She's supposed to be a mother. I'm supposed to be a father. I could never be a mother. And she's a great mom. I would like Hadiza to be my mom if I was a child. She's a good mother. She does her children well. And I was speaking on a show the other day. I said, I never bargained for that. I actually saw a fine babe and married her and thought, oh, wow, beautiful woman. That's what I thought about. The motherhood part, I couldn't even think about it then. So there are gifts ahead in the people God has given to you. But when they wake up to death, something happens negatively. Don't be so woke that you are dead to God. Don't be so woke that you are dead to God. There's a wokeness that is happening in the world now. It's not of God. Go and look in the word of God. God says, see, life and death are in the power of the tongue. If you love life, you will eat the fruit of life. Your home will be prosperous. Your home will be good. But not from wokeness. Not, oh, all guys are doing this now. Guys are crushing their women. Giving their women coats. There's a you know, how many of you know there was a time when they did a stingy men association? Guys wanted a shake body. Do you guys understand? And all this fad, people, do you know people allow these things to, to penetrate their spirits? These things in the air, the spirit of the power of the air leads to death. You have passed from death to life. Say amen. Amen you are anointed say amen. amen you can heal people say amen. amen 
you can bring prosperity down say amen you can bring the atmosphere of the spirit of God say amen you can bring the mind of God say amen this is the testimony that God brought his people to a land of promise they thought that where they were going was the promised land but what God had in mind for them was not a promised land. It was a place in their mind. God wanted to bring them to freedom. They were traveling to a town. God was bringing their head into freedom. They were traveling to a city. God was bringing their imagination to, to them. And God met, met them and said, Okay, today I am placing before you blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life that you may live. Choose my kind of life. Choose my kind of way. Choose my idea of life. Choose what I think life is and you are going to have life automatically. Do you think like the promised land then was Palestine or do you think it was a place in their mind where God wanted them to arrive at? A place in their mind. So life is the man. That man is Jesus Christ. Embrace Jesus Christ. Then you have life in you. One more time, embrace Jesus Christ. She's getting to shyness. In the spirit, don't be, oh my God, don't be natural. In the spirit, embrace Jesus Christ. You have life in you. It's, 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 it's difficult to put a, straight, a single guy and a single man and tell them to embrace. I should have brought Stephanie and Victor and never say embrace. They will have no problem. Just embrace. <laughs> but you guys get the point. Put your hands together for them. Hallelujah. You have the life of God. You have the life of God. You have the life of God. The life of God is in your mind. Once your mind embraces what God is saying, then all of a sudden, you are alive. Once your mind begins to reject the word of God, all of a sudden, you start dying. It happened in the Garden of Eden. It's still happening today. Every day you wake up, you have the opportunity to accept what God says about you. And when you accept what God says about you, you come alive. This is my testimony from death to life. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I'm passing. Say it out. Say, Lord, I'm passing. Say it out. I can hear you. Say, Lord, I'm passing. Oh, online audience, say it out. Say, Lord, I'm passing. From death to life. Say it again. Lord, I'm passing. From death to life. Say today, I embrace, I embrace, say it loud, I embrace, I embrace life in the name of Jesus. Says I have life in me, say the life of the Son is in me, say the resurrection life is in me, say I have the mind of Christ, say it again, I have the mind of Christ, I have 
have the mind of Christ. Say, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Because Jesus is alive in my imagination. Every thought of my mind is the thought of God. Every idea in my mind is the idea of God. Say it again. I am alive. I am alive. I am alive. In this new world, mankind has passed from death to life. In Nigeria, there are many people beating the drums of war. Many people are saying it's war that we need. No, what we need is life. Every war will be reconciled when people sit at the table to negotiate it. When people get tired of war, it's when they negotiate peace. We don't need a war, we need life. We don't need a war, we need life. We need life in this country. We need more life, we need more schools, we need more hospitals, we need more children having food on their table, we need more roofs over people's heads. We need life. Say, we need life. Say, I am a life giver. Don't join those beating the drums of war. Don't join it. You are a life bringer. And everywhere you go, life surrounds all that you do. Life is a man. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.